Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. Hi, everybody. It's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching. And this live stream, which is actually pre-recorded, I'm going to do something that I've never really done before. I'm going to touch on a topic, and I think I'm going to admit some great fault. And be vulnerable and admit some mistakes in my judgment of leaders coaching. Now, for 31 years, we've been teaching our progress coaching training system, you know, teaching leaders how to coach their employees. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, that was considered pretty unique and pretty uh, innovative. Now it's been, let's be candid, somewhat uh, commoditized. So what we're going to do is talk about how to use influential coaching to drive team development. Now. Let me address the team. A leader's team has completely changed, has completely changed, especially since the pandemic. So I want to just give you the makeup of a traditional team, if you will. When you have a team, you typically have 10 people. I'm going to start off with this statistic from the Gallup organization, and it varies, but roughly seven out of 10 people are neutral or actively disengage, meaning they're negative, okay? So let's look at the team. Ask yourself if this resonates with your team. You've got a high potential. You don't have any place to promote he or she. You've got someone who, geez, they just seem to be lacking motivation. They seem lackluster, but you don't know why. Then you've got maybe two or three people who exhibit some tendencies to be disruptive or negative, and they've got an opinion on everything. And then you've got some people just go about their job. And then you got some people who joined the company six months ago and they want to be promoted by next Friday. Among a thousand other different scenarios. Now, let's talk about the team. A leader starts a typical workday, let's say eight to five. And after talking to many, many leaders, I'm going to give a rough estimate, if you will. But the fact of the matter is during the day, a leader will be interrupted anywhere from four to seven times with the classic phrase or question from an employee. You got a second? It's not a second. It's going to be about 19 to 22 minutes. And it's really important to that person. Okay. So what does a leader do? If a leader says, sorry, I don't have time. I'm going to a meeting. Employees often will receive that emotionally. Now the flip side is, well, as a leader, I say, well, sure. Go ahead, John. I start peeking at my phone because I'm really busy and I don't set expectations. Guess what happens? I've sent a message to John. And oh, by the way, John's going to talk to the other fellow employees. So the dynamic of a team is really cumbersome. Yet facing every leader, especially new managers today, which is a huge increase in the leadership field, you know, we have these dynamics, right? We have the seven out of 10 people that are like, "Eh, just want to do my job or I don't really want to do this job. And that makes things really tough. Let me add one more. Now, we have our 71 to 29% from the Gallup. And one of my favorite authors, um, 
which is, and I'm going to look for her book to see if I have it here. And actually I don't, so I apologize. Um, But one of the things is from Tasha Yurik in the book Insights. It's a New York Times bestseller. She has a PhD in industrial psychology, and she talks about this all the time. She talks about that when she did her survey, you know, that 95% of the people said, yeah, I'm highly self-aware. Here's what faces our leaders. When she tested them, only 10% were highly self-aware. So now think about a team of 10 people, 8.5 aren't even looking in the mirror. So what is a leader to do? He or she doesn't have a lot of time. They have their own initiatives, managing team, developing talent, hiring talent. There's a lot of stuff going on. Now, what I have said for years, and here's where my vulnerability and fault, um, I think, come into play. And that is, here's where I've made a big mistake. I haven't always prescribed that the leader should be the only one coaching, yet I think it is her or, or his main responsibility. Now, what does a leader really want? What's that ideal team look like? The ideal team is typically a collection of individuals that connect, collaborate, um, work well together, communicate well together, are happy for one another when somebody gets promoted and they didn't, which is very rare, by the way. So what happens is the ideal team is about seven out of eight out of every 10, 70 to 80% of people who are learning, developing, collaborating, connecting. There's a lot of things going on within a team for the team and then for the individual. Let me give you a rough example. Now, I think we inherit this in the workplace. And I've actually started a second podcast, Coaching Youth Today for Tomorrow. And as many of you know, I've been coaching volleyball on and off for about 31 years, and I kind of officially retired from it. But, you know, when I think about when parents come, we all know it, it happens, right? Parents come and they complain. Why is it my kid playing? Often the kid will know, and we inherit this in the workplace. Think about this. Do you know that a leader, when they inherit people, they inherit about eight to 10 years of people never being taught, never practicing, never developing a positive relationship with this thing called feedback. So when a parent comes to the coach and said, why isn't little Johnny or little Susie playing? The coach is in a very precarious position. And what happens is it comes at this statistic. Think about this fundamentally. Think about this. That when a parent comes and a coach says, well, he or she's just not quite good enough, the parent doesn't calmly say, you know, I think you're right. They get emotional. They get upset. They get defensive. They want to fix it. Now let's take the flip side. Let's say the parent is successful and the coach bends and says, okay, he'll play more. Now the other parents are upset. The kid has lost credibility with his or her teammates because it becomes the rumor, right? Well, little Johnny, little Susie's playing because the parents went and complained. Guess what the coach just invited? More parent complaints. So the child has learned nothing about grit. If you haven't read the book by uh, Angela Duckworth, grit, read it. She talks all about change and challenge and more importantly, the value of practice. But grit stands for guts, resilience, intensity, tenacity. Okay. So when you think about the ideal team, you want an ideal team that is learning, progressing, collaborating, connecting, communicating, and also handling this thing called conflict. So I'm going to give you a really rough example. 
I have taught this for years. You know, we talk about three types of employees. You have players. That's about your 29%. Then you've got what they call fencers. They're kind of on the fence. They don't know if they want to be a player. Or the third type is something called bleacher people. They sit in the bleachers and they just complain about the players. They complain about the leader. You know what amazes me is how often employees feel comfortable complaining about his or her leader when it's not in their job description. Yet they're the first ones to say, well, that's not my job. So you have three types of players, teammates, excuse me, players, fencers, and bleacher people. Now, here's something interesting about the bleacher people. They recruit. They're at the water cooler. They're seeking people to join them. So the the fencer's looking over the shoulder saying, geez, the bleacher people don't even move. That looks kind of relaxing. I'm looking out on the field. The players have got their heads down. See, the players on the field don't recruit because they're too busy doing their job. They're too busy learning. They're too busy progressing. So they typically don't recruit. Therein lies the opportunity, everybody. Now, think about this for a second. Think about the dynamics of an organization, and let's pare that down to the dynamics of a team. So remember, seven out of 10 people are neutral or actively disengaged. How do we change that? So I want you to think about the concept. Now, it's a little bit of a sales pitch here. Think about the concept of a team coach. So you've got your leader at the top. You've got your team coach. And what if each team had one or two coaching champions? Let me explain the difference. The team coach is somebody where he or she works closely with the leader, developing talent, challenging talent, maybe facilitating group coaching sessions, facilitating one-on-one coaching, maybe even doing some training and educating. It is phenomenal, phenomenal for succession planning. Number two, a coaching champion is a subset right below that team coach. A coaching champion, and the way we teach our coaching champion certification, and we have a team coach certification, is the coaching champion, what he or she does is they are constantly from the foundational ground level recognizing positivity. I want to share with you a very quick story. I remember the years ago, I was at a company, and I had a bunch of people, we were working at this um Uh, rubber molded company. And I'm still great friends with the CEO. This is over 20 years ago. I want you to really hear this. Everybody was coming to me, you know, the receptionist is talking negatively about you, Tim. She doesn't like you. And I, I really let her have it. I'll never forget this. And I had a moment of reflection and I was defensive at first. And then I'm like, wait a minute, she has the right to dislike me. I can't get her in a headlock and say, you need to love me. And I'll never forget it. And I did this, and I want you to think about the power of this. One of the things that happened, which was really interesting to me, was in a staff meeting, I turned to her and I addressed her. She's still a friend of mine today. She was a receptionist, mind you. But one of her great qualities was she was so quick in her feet. And we were selling to manufacturers, and she would occasionally engage with them on the phone. And she could take their crap and throw it back. I mean, she was really witty. And I remember going to tie the, the CEO and I said, I think she'd be a phenomenal salesperson. She's still in sales today. And I remember the defining moment as we get in a staff meeting. Now, remember, I'm an outsider, okay? And I looked at her and I said, you know, Katie, I would love to give you some feedback. And she folds her arm, yeah. 
Yeah, and she's ready to go to battle because what she really knew deep down was she was blabbing her mouth. I want you to hear this from a coaching champion perspective because I became her champion. I said, I really think you are so good on your feet. We've gotten so many positive sets of feedback from our customers on how quick you are. I'd like you to give some thought on sales because I think you'd be phenomenal. And the jaw drops. She's ready for a battle. I neutralized her through positivity. That's what a coaching champion does. They do two fundamental things. And what we train your people to do is to go look for the good stuff and recognize it. Don't be appeasing or placating and do it without authenticity. But you want to recognize. A coaching champion in the middle of a staff meeting says, you know, I want to recognize Susie. I want to recognize the two things she did really well to help the team out. See, what that does, everybody, is it gets the fencers thinking. It kind of pushes back on the bleacher people. The second thing that a coaching champion is taught how to do is something called framing. So when they walk by, I'm going to tell you what happens every single day. I'm going to tell you another story. Every single day, and don't think you don't have water coolers in the virtual world because you do. Your people talk. People will go to that water cooler and they will they will complain. And what will happen is people will walk by. And what happens with negative people is there's a human reaction. If someone's really negative, do you walk towards them or do you walk away from them? You typically walk away from them, right? We don't think about challenging that because that negative attitude is intimidating. It's something I don't want to deal with. It's not my job. That guy's got some issues. And what we do is we walk away or we walk by. A coaching champion will approach the water cooler and say, wow, you guys, ladies, you seem upset. What are you going to do to successfully overcome it? And if you need help, I'd love to help you. That question frames the water cooler people, the bleacher people, very differently, very differently. It prompts them to think. It has that bleacher person kind of moving towards the playing field a little bit more. So again, when you think about the team, there's a lot going on. Leaders need help. Seven out of 10 people are neutral or actively disengaged. And developing talent is even worse because 8.5 out of every 10 employees don't even own mirrors. They're not even self-aware. So they're not going to say, you know what? My attitude stinks. Thanks for bringing it up. I'm cured. Doesn't happen that way. So when you think about the ideal team, the ideal team is typically where 70 to 80%, seven out of eight out of every 10 people are collaborating, connecting, they're enthusiastic, they feel like they're moving in the right direction. And let me throw something out to you. Do you know we're working with a client right now where somebody said, you know, my most positive person right now is the person who wants to leave the team. And I've shared this story before and I've had people say, that makes no sense. I said, what we found out is the person did not enjoy the job. And so we ask these series of questions called love, like, and dislike. What do you love? What do you like? What do you dislike? And we train this particular coaching champion. The person goes, I kind of like my job. I certainly don't love it. I would actually rather do something differently. And the coaching champion said, what would you like to do? The person started to describe things. And we're actually helping that person move in that direction. Because what we did is we got them to see one fundamental thing. How you act now becomes a part of your interview later. And that person has been fantastic. 
they're doing a great job with the job they actually don't love. So what the ideal team is, is a team that connects, collaborates, communicates, handles conflict thoughtfully, professionally. They listen to one another. And how can you get there? Number one, have a team coach. So you've got a leader, train your people on how to coach the team. Have a partner in coaching. Now, for 31 years, we've been teaching peer-to-peer coaching. This is different. It's an element of peer-to-peer coaching, but this is more of an established title, an established function, if you will. And what you're also doing as an organization, if every leader, so if you're at a company of 100 people, let's say there's 10 leaders, but each leader has their own team coach, what happens? We've strengthened the team. We've strengthened the organization. We've had maybe top talent because typically the team coach will be some of the top talent people. You know, we've had them stay at the company a little bit longer. It's a retention strategy. Number two, train then people below the team coach to become coaching champions, looking for positivity and challenging those who are struggling with positivity in a very safe and thoughtful way. Let me give you my last context. I want to share one thing with you. If that intrigues you, Let me just share this with you. Um, This is a QR code for um, our Team to You program, which really encompasses, um, you know, developing a team coach, uh, developing coaching champions. And we actually also um, coach directly the leader as well as each of the individuals on the team to start the process. So take a, a scan of that, get, you know, fill it out, and we'd be happy to get you some information on that. So the thing that I would share with all of you is, you know, it's going to seem like an off the beaten path example. Give me some latitude. You know, for 31 years, I've coached volleyball. And recently I started almost 10 years ago now, a high school volleyball program. And everyone goes, oh, but that's not the workplace. But the dynamics are very similar. Do we honestly think high school boys, more on high school boys, 14, 18 are thinking, heck, I'm not playing. I'm happy for the guys in the court. And all the parents are wonderful. No, you know it's not true. So what we had to do is every captain on our team had to go through leadership training. They read the book, My Iceberg is Melting. Every captain at all three levels, freshman, JV, and varsity, had to lead one time out. And so you build leadership from within. And the sport grew. In the first 10 years, we've won the conference title six of 10 years. The other schools have been around 67 years. See, talent development isn't always about having the best talent. Talent development is about building a fiber and a cohesiveness within the team dynamic. It's a game changer, everybody. It's an absolute game changer. Because if you think about the dynamics of your team, and you think about that ideal team, and you think about a structure, and what if this 71% were positive employees? How would your leaders feel? What would that do for your organization? So every team should have a team coach, someone who works hand in hand with the leader, and then coaching champions who push up uh, into the team coach, into the leader of the team, you know, promoting positivity, recognizing positivity, celebrating positivity, which neutralizes negativity, yet also uses techniques to challenge those who are struggling with positivity. So again, if that intrigues you, I would really encourage you to think about just filling out this QR code and just getting some more information. And this is about our coach or our, excuse me, our team to you program and team to you is where we bring you your ideal team. If you have any questions with that, let us know. 
So let me just do a very quick uh, summation. The team today for your leaders, it's tough. There's no getting around it. The numbers are stacked against them right away. And I would even say, especially for new managers. Number three, developing talent can't just go through the leader. It's too much. Number four, the ideal team is possible, but it has to be built from an infrastructure within the team dynamics that grows and develops leadership from the inside out, not from the outside in. So I hope this has intrigued you. If this intrigues you, you know, click on my name, send me a message or fill out the QR code saying, I'd like more information. But if you're, every leader had their own team coach and a couple coaching champions to promote positivity, it's like a teeter-totter, right? If it's like this and it's negative and lacking motivation and people aren't engaged, they're not collaborating. There's so many dynamics with teams today. We put the numbers in his or her favor and that's what will drive the team and that's what will drive the organization from the inside out. I hope this has helped. Let me know your thoughts. Put your comments in. I would love to hear from you. And if you have any questions, I'll stay on a few more minutes. I'll check the the chat log. So let me know uh, your impressions. I hope this helped. And there's that QR code again. Someone just put a a message in, put it up again. So again, I don't like to sell during these things, but I want to give you um, some value in terms of what you can do next. Let me know your your, your thoughts again, but uh, hopefully this helped. But there's the QR code. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called Coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign 7 to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called Coach to you. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.